You're listening to episode 30 of the Becoming Aligned podcast. Welcome to Becoming Aligned, where we'll step away from the busyness of our days to explore what it looks and feels like to create meaningful lives that align with our personal values. My guests have found their own unique way to navigate through the distractions, the pressures, and the expectations of everyday life. And in the process, they've discovered the freedom to be truly themselves, to tune into their own heart, and to honor their own unique voice. I'll explore what motivates them, what challenges them, and what strategies help them work towards their goal in a way that nourishes their mind and body. I believe everyone has a story to share, and then we become a stronger community when we're able to listen and learn from those around us. I'm your host, Maureen Ryan, the founder of Ryan Wellness, I'm a Chicago-based self-discovery mentor and Pilates instructor. I hope these conversations will serve as inspiration and as a reminder that it's not about perfection, but the process of becoming aligned. In this episode, I talked to Maura Walsh. Maura is one of my wonderful cousins. She's originally from Ireland, but has been living and working in San Francisco for over 15 years now. She considers both home and is fortunate to work in a capacity that allows her to support Irish companies and travel technology while being based in San Francisco. Maura was quick to point out that she's at the beginning of her Becoming Aligned journey. I might argue with her a bit. I am family after all, (laughs) because I can see the process of Becoming Aligned in how she approached her move to San Francisco and how she became involved in the community there. But it's undeniable that she's experiencing a new level of personal growth and of becoming aligned. Some of this is based on choices she's been able to make for herself in terms of her career. And some of this is based on situations that she has no control over. I really appreciated her sharing about both of those experiences. She has so many wonderful nuggets of wisdom to share. In particular, I appreciate that she was willing to share and be open about her experiences managing grief and her feelings around that. We have an interesting conversation about how this is not the norm for Irish people in general, and we talk about how this experience has drastically shifted her perspective and learn how she's staying focused on what's truly important and taking care of herself in the process. I'm grateful for this conversation, and I hope you enjoy it as well. Hi, Maura. Thank you so much for joining me on the Becoming Aligned podcast. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Oh, thanks, Maureen. It's so great um, to chat today. Thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to this. Yeah. So I wanted to have you on for a few reasons. And first of all, we know each other because you are one of my wonderful cousins. <laughs> so we've had a chance yeah. to, get to get to know each other over the years. Um, but you're but you're also someone I really admire because you seem to be someone who does her best to make the most out of life. You put yourself out there. You question things. You challenge ways of thinking, and you have fun, um, and you bring people together. You have this great ability, I think, to form community. So, I would love to chat about that throughout our conversation, and just get to know a little bit more about how you are becoming more aligned in your own life as as you're going through your own personal journey. So, I hope you're game for chatting about some of those things throughout today. I am, and thanks for being so sweet. Um, and, and, you know, as it relates to becoming aligned, I really feel like I'm at the beginning of a journey. Mm. Um, so I hope I can share some wisdom. Um, yes. and, and, and really it's about, you know, I, I feel like the start of a journey for me. Um, but yeah, happy to, happy to chat. 
I love that. I love that because I think there's so much to learn about the beginnings. And sometimes we see the end results of things, but you know, the beginning, there's a lot happening in the beginning of people's journeys with that. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, and be before we dive into any of those, any of those topics though, can you start us off by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Okay. A little bit about myself. So I live in San Francisco. Oh. I'm originally from the West of Ireland. Um, I moved here. God, I, I've been telling people now 15 years for a few years. So I yeah. guess it's one or two years over 15 years. Wow. Um, and, and I guess I originally, I moved here, I just had a sense of adventure, wanted to try something different, and I ended up in San Francisco. I certainly didn't think I would be here for this long. Wow. Um, you know, initially, I, I, I planned maybe to be here for six months to a year. No way. Um, you know, and, yeah, yeah, and I, I fell in love with San Francisco. I, you know, I, I started my career here. Um, and, um, yeah, um, you know, I, I, I found a really good community, um, through work and through, um, activities and, and a host of different things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and now I'm still here, but now actually I have a, a greater connection to, to, to Ireland and to home. And, and, and the reality is that I call Ireland home and I call mm -hmm. San Francisco home. But now I work for Enterprise Ireland. Enterprise Ireland is the venture arm of the Irish government. Mm. So what we do is we help um, startups and companies in Ireland. So we help them start, innovate, and scale globally. And we mm. do that through funding, advisory, and helping create strategic partnerships. Mm. Um, so I'm based in our Silicon Valley office, which is in San Francisco. And I actually work a lot with travel technology companies. Um, so I would um, help set our global strategy for those types of companies. What you may not know is Ireland is a global hub for travel tech innovation. Oh, cool. Um, so there's a host of companies that were founded in Ireland. Um, there's over 100 companies, for example, in Ireland that just focuses on travel technology. Um, so I'm grateful that I have a, a, a bigger connection to home right now and that I can... Um, hopefully have some positive impact on um, companies in Ireland and helping them succeed um, in the U.S. and across the world. Oh, that's so cool. I, I had no idea that Ireland was this, like, hub of, you said, like, travel technology. That's, is that, am I understanding that right? So it's, is, is yeah, that a booming so industry for them? Is that something that's just starting to take off or has it been slowly growing for a while? Um, it's been slowly growing for a while. And I think, you know, the, the wonderful thing about Ireland is there's such a focus on engineering and, and, and STEM and education. Mm, and, there, yeah. and, and, and even if you think of Irish people just in general, there is this kind of spirit of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. um, and Enterprise Ireland, actually, when I started working here, I was actually rather shocked with how much support we give to people and, to, and give to companies to help them innovate and grow. Um, so we would give them a lot of support, but also there's a lot of really talented people in Ireland um, that are willing to take risks mm. and they're willing to innovate and try new things. And mm. that has led to, you know, you know, not just, you know, it being a hub for travel technology. There's a, a, a few different sectors in Ireland that do extremely well. Um, if you think of deep tech, that would be more like, you know, everything around AI, deep mm -hmm. learning, machine learning, like a lot of core technologies. 
but also across many other verticals, you know, medtech, agritech. Mm. There's a host of really, um, really great industries and skills there. And, you know, that's, you know, part of what has helped is companies, you know, like Apple in the 80s and yeah. Google and Airbnb yeah. and a host of companies setting up their, you know, EMEA headquarters there. Yeah. Um, but not just that, it's really about education system um, and a lot of other traits that have really actually helped um, Ireland, be- Ireland become, uh, you know, a leader for um, innovation um, yeah, and growth now. That's so cool because it, it helps connect you, you know, back to, you know, your home in Ireland. I love how you kind of shared, like, you consider them both home in many ways, but like you've, it, it allows you to kind of travel between both places, it seems like, more and more and be investing into helping grow, you know, businesses and people in Ireland, which I think I know is close to your heart. So I love that. I mean, talking about becoming aligned more, that like to me straight off the bat, it seems as if you are aligning your your values in your in your career and in your, in your work. And does that bring you like a sense of satisfaction or joy to be able to do that? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and, and it's kind of funny because I feel like my journey on becoming aligned probably started around three years ago mm. um, where I kind of like took a moment where I stepped back and I was, what do I want to do next with mm. my career? Um, and actually a friend of mine is head of HR for a really big US brand and, and well-known household name. And I reached out to her and asked her for advice. And she actually recommended that um, I go to this, it's called, corporate at least and it like it sounds weird um but i actually i invested some time and some money in that hmm. and i realized that what you do at the end of that is you kind of create your own personal mission statement oh. and my mission statement was very much aligned to you know you know not only helping people grow but also really looking at companies where i really felt like i aligned with their mission yeah um, and and that i was actually going to get like you know, some satisfaction out of working for them. And, and I, so that, cause that would help me feel, you know, that I was growing too. Yeah. Um, so even when I came down to, you know, starting to talk for Enterprise Ireland, I was actually talking to another pretty large tech company at the same time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I did that work, you know, it seemed to me like, oh, the no brainer, even though, you know, if you you know, there was benefits in each one. Yeah. But to me at the time, I, I, I kind of went with, you know, aligning my mission and my values to where I felt um, I personally um, would get more satisfaction. Um, um, yeah. So, you know, cool. you know, that was just, that's just part of the journey. Mm. Okay. I'm going to have to come back to this later, but I'm just curious if that kind of kickstarted some other things. But before I like dive into that, like, you grew up in Ireland, and I would I would love to learn a little bit about what life was like for you um, growing up in Ireland, and um, and like what were the things that you would just get lost and absorbed in, and like things that you might do that might make you lose track of time. But you know, if you can kind of combine those those in an answer, I'd love it. Yeah, so you know, definitely as a child and growing up in Ireland, it's a, it's a beautiful place to be, and. You know, I was very lucky, and so were my siblings. Um, you know, not only did we have amazing parents um, that had a, had a host of amazing traits, and we can we can talk about them, mm. but but part of it was actually having the ability to spend summers 
you know, my mother was from right beside the sea in a place called Bella Croix. Mm-hmm. Um, and my father was from Kina, um, another, another place in County Mayo where I'm from, uh, and um, where there was a farm. So I actually spent mm. nearly all my summers between those two places. So, you know, while I grew up in a kind of medium-sized town of Castle Bar, you know, I had so much freedom in being either in Kina or Balacroix. And when I was in Kina, um, you know, my wonderful granny was there, Nora, mm. who was just an inspiration. You yeah. know, talk about someone who, even at a young age, was really inspiring and even you know how she would even bring people together and mm. neighbors and help people and um, so even at a young age not only were my parents my role models you know my granny Nora was a, yeah. was a huge role model but you know you know like spending time on the farm you know I would love farming with that you know and yeah. I remember like one of my early memories as a kid was I would go crazy if I knew he'd gone out in the morning without me. Aww. So you know, he'd get up super early to feed the cows. And if I got up and he's already gone, I would be like, what? He went without. So what he actually used to do, and I figured this out one day, is he would go out and then he'd come back maybe an hour and a half later to pick me up. Aww. And he'd have like a little bit of hay in it, like a bale ready for me to go. Um, and he and he would just pretend that he just got up then and you know or he just went out to get the hay for me but he'd already been up a few hours and then I would you know spend time with my dad you know feeding the cows or you know doing everything like I you know definitely would have cleaned out cow sheds when I got older and stuff like that (laughs) and then you know the other side of that where my mother was from you know such a beautiful place I'm kind of glad it's you know a little bit undiscovered yeah um but, you know, Bella Croix and just spending time with my cousins there. Yeah. Um, one set of cousins used to pick winkles for their summer job. And I would be just more than happy to get up at, you know, six o'clock in the morning and go out with them and go back to shore and pick winkles. Wait, when you say, when you say fl- winkles, what are winkles? I don't know if I know what they they are. So, like, so it's, um, it's like a really small, like periwinkles that might be better known as. So it's oh, like a okay. small shellfish. Um, yeah, so I would, you know, go and pick them because oh. in that area there were, and then they would be sold to someone who would bring them to France, you know. Oh. Um, so even like when I was at home recently and each time I went to the beach, you know, a few different times I had little buckets and I went picking winkles. And, oh. um, you know, that's, a reminder of your childhood, but it's yeah. also a reminder of, you know, the West of Ireland is so beautiful and yeah. you be, can be so close to nature and you can go out and you can forage for food. And, um, you know, just kind of, it was, it's a reminder of, and, you know, back then there was so much freedom because I would yeah. just walk up, go, you know, and, and in Tubridge or in Bellacroix, I would just, you know, in Dorio, which was the village there, mm. I would just go each day, walk around visiting people, visiting the houses, helping them with the hay, whatever. But yeah. it, was all, it was all fun and it was all quite normal that you could go off and disappear for hours yeah. and then just come back. Um, yeah, no cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> no one can, no, you know what I mean? Yeah. There was that kind of independence um, that that you had and, you know, that, I don't, yeah, I love it. It's like just getting to explore and to discover things. Um that's that's pretty cool like that's something you almost wish you could offor people today in some ways yeah um yeah like like myself and my brothers and my sister we would do stuff like we'd build rafts 
we'd like you know try to build tree houses mm. we would be fist winging off trees like you know the, the stuff we would get up to or even with my cousins we'd take the donkey and go for rides like, <laughs> back over you know like like yeah. you know when you look back now that was idyllic yeah. and, and and talk about it also a way just you know you know really good tr- uh, foundation for how do you build relationships yeah. you know even if they are your cousins or yeah. You know, how how do you be a little innovative or entrepreneurial? Like, I have a memory of one time that one time I put on a circus um, oh. at my cousin's house because I was like, oh, God, I need, to have, like, I need some money. I, need, I have no pocket money. <laughs> and it was so ridiculous. Um, and they probably go, yeah, that was the worst thing ever. Um, but you... You kind of just were you. You were a little creative, and it was it was so much fun. And even things like the bog, which yeah. classically a lot of Irish people hate yeah. because it's this process of actually turf is like this indigenous um, fuel in Ireland that you go and you long story, but you have to bring it home and save it and all this stuff. Yeah. But even that now is kind of fun to look back on. Um, and also, it taught you a lot of things. It taught you about hard work and, mm-hmm. you know, um, the value of relationships and freedom and a lot of, a lot of you know, other things that we kind of just take for granted now. Yeah. Um, I love it because it, it, it's, it's true. And, like, I, I didn't grow up there, obviously, but I just so appreciated our visits back there. Like, I... I think my brothers might not have always loved to go back because they were going to be missing out on sports and things like that here in the summer. But I just love going back and because it was just so different from anything we got to experience here in the States or, you know, back home. And um, yeah, so it's just cool to hear you kind of like talk more about like what your experience was like, because all those things that get ingrained in you, like the freedom, the sense of discovery, the stopping by to visit and looking up for your neighbors and those relationships that you form and that community that gets formed. Like that is obviously something that seems to be some threads that kind of go through, you know, your life. And like when you were old enough to like decide what to do next, Maura, like when it was time, kind of, you know, you're going through your teenage years, you're getting ready to do secondary school. How was it to leave that? Were you excited to kind of have another stage of your life? And, and like, what did you study? And um, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, like, I, you know, I, I think in secondary school, like, you know, I would probably look back and go, yeah, I pity my mother at some point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, I definitely wasn't the quietest child. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I would be out and about and, you know, go to discos and having fun. Yep. Um, and, then, and then it was kind of interesting. Then I was like, all of a sudden you're in, you know, you know, the end of your leaving search, which would be the end of, you know, high school here. Yeah. Um, and I was really unsure what I wanted to do, but I knew I liked two, two different things. I liked, I liked the idea of marketing and I mm. knew I liked cooking. So I was like, okay, I'll either be a chef oh. or I'll do something in, in business. And that was the only thing. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I got into, I got, I got into, um, you know, I did my even certain stuff, and I, I, yeah, and then I got into college in Limerick, and I did marketing, and then, um, yeah, I, I think actually leaving home at that stage, it was kind of, I remember being upset when my parents drove me down to college, yeah, um, because I think I knew something was changing, but I wasn't sure, yeah, um, but then once I settled in, you know, I was, 
you know, Limerick was great. And I think I, I kind of easily found out that I could do quite well, um, mm. which, which kind of helped. Um, and sometimes I hate to say I didn't even do a whole lot of study, but <laughs> I would do okay. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so, and, and I did quite well in that course in Limerick. Um, I think at the time it was, it was kind of something crazy, but I think I was the first person in 13 years to go through these extra tough exams. Um, and at the time, actually, I, you know, I, it was an honor to do so, but at the time I actually kind of felt guilty because, you know, I definitely was a person where I'd be asking people between classes, oh, should we go for a cup of tea? And everyone would be like, no, we're going to the library. And I'd be like, <laughs> oh, God, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I definitely did, you know, study hard at, at times, but I also, um, you know, I enjoyed college. I yeah. enjoyed, you know, being part of a few different teams and, and yeah, socializing and having fun. And then, you know, I, I, I can't, then I went from there and I did another degree, um, actually in business enterprise. I did that in, a, in an international business school in England. And that was fun because I did that with students from all over the world. So from like Singapore to Russia to everywhere. And that was really interesting. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then I did a master's in Galway. So, you know, I think once I got to college, I could figure out, oh, if I apply myself. Um, but I also was really interested in what I was doing that I could kind of, you know, I could excel if I actually, you know, spend some time and and focus. And I think that actually, it's only now when I talk about it, but, um, you know, I think that actually was a revelation. Um, so that that I could actually, oh yeah, I'm actually, yeah, I'm good at this. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense for me to, yeah, do X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah, so that was, you know, that was great. Yeah, it was a good experience. That sounds cool. And I, I, it's so interesting to hear you say that your two choices were like between marketing and cooking because you are an amazing cook. I had no idea that at a young, I didn't know if you started doing it maybe as a, as a young adult. I, I just didn't picture you thinking about it at such a young age. So that's, that is really interesting to hear you talk about. And, I was, I'm just wondering, because it sounds like you found something that clicked and was a good fit for you in terms of the marketing. What happened to cooking? Was that a way that you could form community with your friends and people and in and, and, and your college experience? Or did that just go on the sidelines while you're kind of focusing on socializing and having a good time? Or was that a part of it? I'm curious. Um, no, I think it was a part of it. Like, you know, I, I think I got you know, my love of cooking from our granny, Nora. Oh. Like, she was a fantastic cook. Yeah. Um, and it was actually funny. Recently, I was at one of the, the, the well-known and best restaurants in, in Ireland called Valley of the Lou House. Mm. And Granny used to love, you know, Doreen Allen and her mother-in-law who, who founded it. And I met, I was lucky oh. enough to meet Doreen Allen. I said, you remind me of my granny. Oh. And, and she said, no one has ever said that to me. <laughs> but, um, you know, like definitely, I think, you know, de- I think Granny instilled a love of cooking. Mm. And, and probably what you don't know, when, when I was a, a teenager and out in nightclubs in, in Cafe Bar, where it's from, oftentimes after the nightclub, I would bring friends back because sometimes my parents would be down on the farm yeah. for the weekend and I would cook dinner for people. Oh, my goodness. Um, so I, I used to do that. Then when I went to college, I definitely used to have 
you know, dinner parties, definitely less. Like, you know, never, you know, you didn't really have, have any money. Right, that's what I was thinking. Out a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, you, you figure out a way to, okay, what can you get that makes sense? And, and really, you know, it's really, I think, you know, San Francisco, when I came here first, it really opened my mind more to food and all the different choices. Yeah, yeah but also I had, I had an experience once, actually, which I realized that I took the right path because mm. for... JP, who's my brother, I, I once, um, I cooked a meal, like a five-course meal for 40 people oh at a restaurant gosh. for his 30th birthday. And I realized that day, I was like, yeah, maybe this, like, while it was such an amazing experience and fantastic and I wouldn't change anything, you also realize, Whew. you know, wow, the time it takes to actually buy all the food, prep all the food, oh, cook all the food. Um, you know, and if you had to do that every day, I, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I think I, I made the right choice. <laughs> oh, that's amazing that you would even attempt that. That's like, that is love right there <laughs> for his 30th birthday. Ah. Uh... Maura, I want to hear about when you first came to San Francisco. Like, how old were you when you when you first came over, and what was what was that like for you? God, I forget how old I was. Um, mm. I, I'm just going to say early twenties. Okay. Um, what was it like? I think I think the start was a bit of a shock. I yeah. think I think people, you know, even back then, San Francisco was super expensive. It's nothing yeah. compared to what it is today. But, you know, the main thing about San Francisco is accommodation is so expensive. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I came with a really good friend of mine, Christopher, and, mm. you know, back to us, and we would have had a little bit of money. It was shocking. Um, um, but we managed, you know, we managed to get jobs, you know, right when we were down to our last dollar, you know. You know, mm -hmm. typical story. Yeah. Um, we managed to actually, you know, we were lucky enough, we were able to stay actually with someone from Bella Croix for a few weeks while we were kind of settling in and going, oh my God, where are we going to live? Um, and then actually what happened was there was this international house at 23rd and Harrison, which is now an, a historical site in San Francisco. Oh, no way. But um, it was a house. It was basically two old Victorians joined together. And there was around 30 people living there. And to be able to live there, you had to be from another country, A, mm. and you had to be referred in. And we were really fortunate that um, Christopher knew this guy called Jacek from Poland, um, uh, who's a wonderful guy. And he referred us into this house, huh. and we lived there for, for probably 18 months, and it was such an amazing experience. Wow. Now, we live with people from all over the world. Um, Talk about, you know, uh, you know, so multicultural, many different accents, um, many different loves of cooking and music. And, um, yeah, so wow. every evening I'd come home to a house of, and it's so funny, actually, you know, you didn't even realize at the time, but at the time, you know, at the weekend, you'd have maybe even pretty famous DJs and bands play wow. at a party. Um, and. You don't, you don't even realize yeah. that at the time. You know, I, um, I was actually interviewing for a board once, and, and one of the board members was like, I was just talking about, like, my experience in, in, in a neighborhood in San Francisco, and I was like, oh, I used to live here. And he was like, what? You used to live? And I was like, oh, you know what I mean? I didn't yeah. even think of it as anything. Yeah. But it was such a wonderful people, way to, like, 
meet friends from Israel and Colombia and, you know, Poland and France wow. and just everywhere. Um, yeah. and, and, that was, and that was the start of the journey in San Francisco. And that was a great way to start. Because um, yeah, your mind fun. had to be just opened up to like totally new, pers- I mean, new perspectives, new ways of being. And just, I don't know, I'm just putting myself in that boat right now and just like, I don't know, this feels like there's got to be the sense of expansion and like what's possible. And I don't know, did, does that, does that um, connect with you at all when I say that? Yeah, and I, and I think as well, like definitely when I came here, I didn't want to just come here mm. and just hang out at the local Irish bar. Yeah. Um, I wanted to come and experience, you know, what was San Francisco. Um, you know, and I, you know, deep, you know, between, you know, that house and then, um, and then I kind of got, you know, I would say I got more career focused and I, you know, I moved out and, you know, kind of to, to more of a grown up situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, you know, I, it, you know, it wasn't until actually several, several years later where I actually got involved with the Irish community here. And that was because, huh. you know, the Consul General at the time intentionally reached out and, you know what I mean? Huh. Whereas, um, you know, I was part of the very much of the soccer community. I played soccer for many years, which I loved. You know, so you you know, I was on a team with people from all walks of life, yeah. like you know, and nationalities. Um, so you know what I mean? I was part yeah. of a few different communities and it wasn't really tied, you know, to being Irish. You know, like mm-hmm. obviously being Irish is core to who I am. Yeah. But I just I really wanted to experience San Francisco and its diversity and everything that I had to offer. Yeah, so is, um, is that what brought you over? Like, what made you decide on San Francisco to begin with? I mean, like, or what made you decide to leave Ireland and try living someplace else for a bit? Was there, was that just some, you know, just trying to have adventure? Or was, you know, what was that for you? I think it's, a, you know, it's a few different things. Like, I think... You know, when I when I finished um, college and I knew I'd go away for a while, I worked for um, uh, the professor who oversaw my thesis there, and for us, a great p- professor who actually originally taught in Berkeley, oh. um, and she actually went to Galway for six months and ended up there. Um, but in her office, there's a huge picture of the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh. Um, so, and at the same time, Christopher had given me the book Tales of the City. Um, and and I think, you know, if I'm being completely honest and I don't really, you know, talk about this too often, I think, you know, a driving force as well was, you know, I was gay from the West of Ireland. It was at a time when being gay or even, you wouldn't even think of being out. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't, you could, like, I couldn't see myself having a life in Ireland and trying to excel career-wise and life-wise that I would be happy there. Obviously, that's really changed yeah. now like now I go home to Dublin and I'm just like I'm, like this is like you know it's amazing Ireland was the first country in the world to pass gay marriage I by popular vote yes. um, you know the changes have been you know I think fantastic and I think I think the really sad thing is I think a lot of people probably left Ireland because of that reason and mm. I don't think it's probably talked about too often mm. well thank you so much for sharing that more because it's it's interesting to to think how like how much change has happened in Ireland, but like back at that time, 
you didn't know that change was going to be coming, right? So it's like, where can I go? And, you know, maybe it wasn't the entire reason you were thinking of moving someplace, but I can only imagine, you know, that holding some space for you. And yeah. And now it's changed so much. And they made, like, they, like you said, they were the first ones to to vote for legal, you know, marriage. It's just, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm like so proud of Ireland, I guess, in so many ways. <laughs> so that's, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, that's it's, cool. It's really changed and, and for the better, and it's it's a great thing. Yeah, for sure. Now you got like serious about your career. Then um, you mentioned like moving to a place and getting serious about your career. And I know you you've gone through a couple of different you know jobs that you've had here. And you started to tell me a little bit about the job that you have now, and and how like you I forget what you called it. But was it a corporate? Was it a corporate uh, like wellness um, event that you attended that you did the mission statement at, or what was, what did what did you attend? Yeah, so it's it, it's more like a retreat where retreat. Um, it would be yeah. So it was a lot of kind of senior level execs that you all come together for. I think it was four days mm. in Florida. And it was, it was just super interesting. And obviously you met a lot of people through that and everyone was on a journey. Um, uh. um, you know, it was obvious, you know, some people were there cause they were probably going to be promoted to CEO or CEO at the next kind of level in their corporation. Some people were there because, um, they wanted to just figure out, okay, well, what's the next step? And, uh. and really I was, I was one of those where I was like, Oh, yeah, I kind of just want to, you know, take a, take, take a step back. And, and I think we often forget to actually invest in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that was one time that I invested in myself. And, and, and actually now this is a good reminder to do that again. Yeah. Um, you know, because, you, you know, I, I invested in myself. I invested the time. I invested the money. Mm-hmm. And I think it was really valuable. Yeah. Um, and... You know, we worked in teams and we worked individually, um, and it was and it was a good experience. Um, yeah, so uh, that was that, you know that that was just a few years ago. Um, um, yeah, I'm curious, Maura, what 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 prompted you to make that move to invest in yourself in this way? Because you're right, like it's one of those things I think we often put on the back burner, or we're like, I I'm going to figure this out. Um, in other ways or, but we don't always kind of invest in our, in ourselves um, and in in our personal growth in a way like, you know, maybe a retreat or something, but they can be so powerful and they can be really like life-changing, I think in many ways. So do do you remember what kind of prompted you to be, to take the dive and to do that for yourself? I think I, I, you know, I was at a a crossroads and I was trying to figure out, you know, I'd been talking to a few different companies um, and I was trying to figure out, okay, you know, I, I, I knew I was going to do something next that was like a little bit different. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to figure out, well, what, what is that? What does that look like? Yeah. What, what, you know, and really just, I think one really important thing that we can forget to do is ask for advice from people that we trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people actually have pretty extensive networks. Yeah. Um, and you know, people are happy to share advice. And I think I just got to a stage where I was unsure of what was next and yeah. what I wanted to do next and what I wanted to focus on. Um, 
And that and that was helpful, you yeah. know, asking that. Like, cause I wouldn't have, you know, found it. And I think that was just, yeah, it was just super helpful in in figuring out what was important to me. Yeah. Um, Did this kind of kick off your, you mentioned that you're in the early stages of becoming aligned. Do you, do you think this was kind of something that helped kick this off for you? Or was it getting into the new job and, and starting to align your values more to, you know, the choices that you're making in your life? Um, I, I think this was probably, yeah, yeah, the start of it. Yeah. And then, um, and then I think, you know, what you learn is, you know, unfortunately, in some cases, something happens in your life that just changes everything um and and unfortunately in my case and and that of my family is my sister is ill Mm -hmm. um and she has an illness that is super rare Mm -hmm. and is not curable um so in the blink of an eye that changes yeah everything Mm -hmm. um you know i often imagined that you know, I'd work here for many years and then I would go home and retire. But yeah. Catherine would be beside me in the house next door. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just always had this vision in my mind yeah, um, or close by. Um, and, you know, that's probably no longer a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been, you know, a tough journey in the last year. Yeah. Um, a, kind of dealing with something that you have no control over because yeah. you think, oh, you know, we'll just talk to the best doctors in the world. Mm-hmm. We'll, you know, we'll figure out a cure. And and then you do that. And then they just keep on telling you, you know, unfortunately, as you know, there's no cure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, all of that has been super challenging. It's been super challenging for her husband, Aiden, who's fantastic yeah. and amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, she has a, a, a baby daughter who's young, Kate. Yes. For my parents, like, it's it's devastating yeah. to see, you know, what they're going through. Yeah. Um, you know, Catherine very much was a rock in our family. Yeah. Highly accomplished barrister. Um, you know, she had ambitions to become a judge. Mm. Um, the most dependable person, honest, loving caring person, smart. Um, and then for all of that to kind of change overnight and yeah. for health just to kind of fade um, has been super tough for everyone, like yeah. so for my brothers as well. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, when that happens, yeah. um, everything changes. And, and I think, you know, unfortunately the reality of what life is it's going to happen to every single it one is, of us but there will be a moment in life where everything changes mm-hmm. um and for me maybe it's happening and for my family certainly a lot earlier than we hoped yeah or expected yeah um you know it was very much out of the blue um and i think when that happened you know you, you go through the toughest part of your life hmm. um, and you have to learn how to deal with it and how do you move forward because if you can't move forward, you're only just going to move back and you're just going to go into a hole. Yeah. Um, so um, it's been super challenging mm-hmm. um, 
I've had to learn new skills. Yeah. I've had to learn, and I think this is actually really good for me. Um, you know, I was a person that always said yes to everything. Mm. And now I'm actually starting to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't be everything to every single person that you've mm-hmm. ever met mm-hmm. your entire life. Mm-hmm. So I, I think a big part, and, and this is this is the journey I'm just starting on. Like, yeah. you know, really... Um, you know, I think, you know, career advice that you get when you're younger is say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, maybe advice when you are, you know, when you're, when you're more established is, do you really have to say yes to everything? Mm -hmm. You know, how, how can you be, become the best version of you? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, not just through your career, but also personally with loved ones. Um, so for me, that's more of a focus now. Yeah. Um, so I think managing expectations, what, what people expect of you, especially when they're doing stuff like asking you for favors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think I'm just kind of more clear in, yes, I will help, but I only will do X and Y. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just really trying to figure out, well, you know, really how to become the best best version of me and and I think um when you go through something like this it's really hard to explain it yeah um I think it allows you a different perspective on life um you really realize quickly what is actually Mm -hmm. the most important thing in life yeah um and 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 then you try and figure out you know, how you navigate that. Um, um, and, and the sad thing is, it's going to happen to us all. It is. Um, it just changes in a second. Your world changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and most of us are lucky enough that it happens when we're older. Yeah. Um, but, but, but I don't know that there's enough talk about how do you deal with, you know, you know like, for example, grief. Yep. Like, you know, like right now I'm grieving that my sister is no longer the person that she used to be. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, you know, I recently spent some time at home and it was so good just being there with her and being able to take her for a walk on the beach mm. and, and just do really simple things. Mm-hmm. Um, and really just, you know, you know, you kind of have to move forward. Um, but how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah. And how do you deal with all these emotions that are, that are around that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, for, for me, you know, I'm very much still on, you know, how do I become aligned? Yeah. Um, it's a process. Yeah. It's like, I'm just listening to you talk and I'm like, there is, I, I feel like even like the, the name of my podcast is, you know, Becoming Aligned. And I think purposely because I don't think, I really don't believe there's ever a perfect alignment, you know? It's like this process of becoming and unbecoming and, you know, this um, trying to figure out how to move through things. Like, and like right now, thank you for sharing even what you're going through, you know, um, because I agree with you. I think that's something we don't talk about is how we manage grief in our life. And you're right. We're all going to deal with it. And it's something that 
I think just immediately makes you take a look at your life and be like, I mean, if you're trying to figure out what you really value, like you're going to figure out what's really important to you and what like, you know, where you want to place your efforts and your energy because I don't know, I have a feeling it just, it just shines a spotlight in what's really important. And, you know, everyone moves through it in different ways too, I think. And it's just, um, I appreciate you yeah. sharing a bit of what you're experiencing because I know it's not, it's not something that, you know, we talk about and it's not something that's easy to talk about. And, uh, and, and you I, certainly don't talk about it as an Irish person. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, that was actually one of my questions. Um, can you, can you tell me about that? Cause I used to hear stuff like that. I never really got it until I got a little older, but like, what do you, what do you mean when you say that? Well, you know that, do you, have you ever heard that Freud once said that um, the Irish were the only people that I, I guess he couldn't analyze? Um, <laughs> I, I think, I, I don't know. I, I think it's this weird thing, you know, and I even see it like, for example, you know, it's one of the amazing companies I work with. You know, the Irish are great communicators. Like yeah. we can chat to anyone about any topic and have fun and do all that great stuff. Yep. But we have a really hard time. Like a perfect example is, you know, you could have an Irish company with the best tech in the world and they will constantly undersell themselves and just say, yeah, we have this thing. We can solve it. And that will be it. And if you're an American company, they'll say, oh my God, we have, you know, we've raised, you know, 20 times as much, you know, we, we can do this, that, you know, they, you know, they may overpromise, they may not. Um, and I think it's really interesting. I think if you look at, you know, um, communication in general, you know, even if you look at, even if you look at that, but even then, if you delve a little deeper in, you know, Irish people sharing feelings, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and I think, you know, as generations change, it will change because yeah. it's very much of, you know, that, you know, the older generation, you don't talk about, yeah, what you're feeling. Yeah. And I think it's, and I think it's, and I think it's hard to talk about what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I think, you know, once you do, it makes it, it, makes it better. Like, or yes. to, like, understand what are, what are the ways, like, for example, you know, the things that I find very helpful going through, through this is mm-hmm. stuff like, you know, yoga. Mm. Um, and I actually never used to do yoga. Like, I used to do Pilates. Yeah. I used to, I also, I also love actually lap swimming. That's a great way to kind of focus. Um, but actually, a colleague of mine who started, you know, I don't know, probably eight months ago, Isa, um, like for her birthday, she wanted to do yoga, mm. you know, as, a, as, as an office. And we did yoga. And since then, I'm like, going, oh, yeah, yoga. This is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think there's different w- ways and, and means that you, you deal with stuff. So it's a mix of things for me. But I do think it's super important to talk about stuff. And if you have the means and the resources to, mm-hmm. you know, go to therapy, yeah, that's even better. Um, and but definitely not talked about in Ireland. Definitely, you would not talk about going to therapy in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and I don't know. I don't know the reason. Yeah, um, I don't know the reason. I don't. You know, I don't. I, also, I don't know the reason why some entrepreneurs are very modest. Mm-hmm. when they should be out there telling the world what they can do. Yeah, it's so ingrained in the culture. It seems like it's so ingrained in the culture because I hear you saying that and I can totally, you know, think about my family and, 
you know, just like there's this kind of attitude, like you just, you don't talk about yourself and like, um, yeah. And, and, and like, if it's almost like self-serving to, if you were to talk about your feelings or something, it's almost drawing too much attention to yourself and that's just not what you do or, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. I'm not sure exactly the reasons either, but I can totally see what you're saying. And the beautiful thing of about talking about our feelings and emotions, and I'm not necessarily great at it myself, but is that you, by talking about it and putting it out there, other people realize they're not alone and, you know, other people are going through things. And I think there's a source of comfort in that. Um, but then, like, for example, therapy, I think, is just so important because then it's just it's just between you and the therapist and you get to sort through everything and have a completely objective person listening to you. So... I love that you're doing yoga. I'm kind of bouncing around from things, but what, I mean, what do you find that you get from yoga? Is there, is just like a connection to the body or is it, yeah, what is it for you with, with yoga? I think it's a connection to the body. I think it's kind of also spiritual. Yeah. Um, you know, I love, um, you know, definitely when there's some meditation, I usually that's at the end of class. Mm-hmm. Um, but oftentimes I'll even seek out classes that are just core and restore, which is more, um, that, that, that is more lean into to gentle meditative yoga. And then other times I like, you know, you know, it kind of really depends. Um, but I feel like it's just a way for me as well to stop and to think mm. and, and to focus and actually swimming also would have very much the same effect like yeah. when you you know lap swimming like you know you you think about things and sometimes you you think about work mm-hmm. oh this is what i have to do and sometimes you know it's more about um just a connection um yeah to you know to your body to the mm-hmm. earth um and um, yeah, I guess it's kind of, for me, it's kind of spiritual. Ah, oh, that's cool to hear. Yeah. And yeah, I'm listening to you talk about both of those and I'm just like finding myself taking deep breaths because I feel like they just remind, for me, it's like this connection to the to the breath as well. Like, and I think there's just something so calming and grounding about that. And like, yeah, that's, yeah, it's interesting to hear you talk about these things on like, there are things that you've actively made a part of your life now that you're, you know, in terms of trying to find ways to help you move through the grief that you're experiencing right now, is that, did you have to actively seek these out? Is that, cause these sound like they're new, they're new things for you at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so for many years I played soccer and then actually when I started this job, I, I gave up soccer because, you know, I, I travel a lot and I, yeah. I didn't want to be one of those players that would be, you know, be able to make three of the 12 games in a season. Um, and then I was like, oh, I have to find something else. Like, it's, yeah. it's very important for me. Like, when I don't work out, um, you know, I, I feel my effect. So it's important for me, you know, probably to work out five times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've, yeah, so definitely swimming. You know, if it's, you know, the one thing as well I find that is it has to be kind of convenient for me. Yes. Um, so even... You know, recently I started running a little bit on a treadmill, which is not my ideal thing. Yeah. Um, But, um, you know, 
uh, oftentimes, or sometimes, not oftentimes, actually, you know, we'll, we'll go to, you know, yoga with a colleague. Um, you know, so it's also a nice way to even just build connection with your colleagues yeah. as well. You know, one one thing is, you know, even when I'm, you know, at home, um, and I like to get up in the morning and go to the gym and swim and work out and then come back. And then, you know what I mean, kind yeah. of start my day um, that way. So, yeah. Well, Maura, I'm going to just wrap up here because one of the things I'm really interested and curious about with people is try to talk to people who I feel like are growth-minded. And I think you're someone, who strike, you're someone who strikes me in that way where you're just always learning and growing and connecting with people. And what is something that for you right now that you are learning and growing for yourself in the, in the, in the moment? I would say... You know, it's kind of back to that thing that I mentioned at the start. I'm just kind of learning. You know, it's kind of this kind of sounds weird, but mm. um, you know, this I actually heard this on a podcast that Kara Swisher and Peter Galloway do mm. together called Pivot. Um, you know, and and Peter recently launched a book, and he talks about this. You know, the best version of yourself, mm. and and to me. I'm learning and growing because I want to be that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to be someone that's constantly multitasking because mm-hmm. guess what? Even though it's great to put that multitasking on your resume, mm-hmm. I'm actually not convinced. It's actually a really good trait. Yeah, me either. You know, mm-hmm. I think if we focus a little bit more, mm-hmm. especially today, um, where it's so easy to get distracted by everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, it's about, you know, how can I focus more? How can I really excel at what I'm doing? I don't need to work with every single company in Ireland to help them. Mm-hmm. I actually would probably do a much better job if, you know, with a core group that I work with, for yeah. example. Or I don't need to help everyone that asks me to help them. Yeah. And, and that sounds horrible, probably. Mm-mm. But the reality mm. is, you know, there's oftentimes lots of requests that sometimes are quite random, um, you know, or from, or from people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. So how do I manage all of that? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, really just looking at, and then, you know, obviously continuing just to, um, you know, make sure my mind and my body is healthy as we continue to navigate um, you know, what's going on at home. Maura, thank you so much. Like, you know, you mentioned, like, in terms of even talking about emotions and all of that, how that's not necessarily a traditional, like, Irish trait. So I, like, so appreciate you opening up and talking about yourself and your journey. And I love getting to hear a little bit more about you coming over, you know, your life growing up in Ireland and coming over to San Francisco. So... I just want to thank you for, for taking the time to be on the Becoming Aligned podcast and, and, your, and sharing your story with me today. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. Um, I definitely would not be anywhere without my two favorite role models, my mom and my dad, mm. both extremely hardworking, generous people. Um, and really, you know, I've learned so much from them. And um, yeah, good, it was good to talk. Aw. All right. Well, thank you, Maura. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for making time to listen to my conversation with Maura. It was so nice for me to hear her share some of the stories of what it was like for her to grow up in Ireland. I love learning that our grandmother, Nora, 
helped instill in her a love of cooking. I remember my grandmother's meals and her homemade bread. So it was fun to hear more about that. And it was fun to learn about what life was like for her when she came over to the States and her transition into life in San Francisco. I also really appreciate her sharing what her immediate family is going through right now. It's another reminder to me that just because you know someone, it doesn't mean you know them. It reminds me of an Instagram post I saw earlier this week by A Decades to Doodles. I'll share it in the show notes so you can have a better visual, but I'm going to give it a shot and try to explain it to you right now. It was a line chart titled, Why You Should Be Gentle With People. The main line represented someone's life, and the very, very end of the line was what you know about someone's life. Just showcasing that there is so much more to people than we realize. We all are experiencing challenges. We all experience grief. And while it's difficult, I think there's also comfort in knowing that. It's part of the human experience. And hopefully that can bring us closer together. What about you? What did you find yourself thinking about and reflecting on after listening to this episode? I could share more. But I'm going to save that for an upcoming blog post that I have titled called Reflections. Um, It's a series I'm doing about all the the podcasts that I put out. But I would actually really just love to hear from you and hear your thoughts. Please share on my website, MaureenRyan.co, or on my Instagram page, Maureen underscore Ryan underscore. And if you haven't already, join the Becoming Aligned private Facebook community where we'll keep the conversation going. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becoming Aligned. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Becoming Aligned and rate and review this podcast. I'm Maureen Ryan, and I hope you'll join us next time. Take care.